relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people in places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. again i'm in a mood uh i'm in that hey i'm zoned in you guys we're gonna get right to it there's nothing uh there's nothing to jibber jab about guys check out our patreon the seeds have been popped it's it's happening over there so also just thanks for supporting us we love you guys it's it's just getting better and better and we're putting more stuff together it's gonna get sharper there's video coming it's so cool what's happening behind the scenes it's just like we've said all along for the past year hey it keeps getting a little better and we keep building it. it's gonna get bigger and bigger and it's because of you guys and we love it and we love what we're doing who we get to talk to and you guys make it possible so thank you so much um Enjoy this episode too. Do the thing. Do it, Mike. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, give it up for Wanda James and Tahir Johnson. Cool. Sweet. All right. You're back. So yeah, I wanted to hear more about your job. I think that it's very important. And um, yeah, with with sure thing. Yeah. So yeah, so I actually just started um, in my new job. It hasn't even been two weeks yet. This oh, this shit. week is two weeks. Um, and so I'm actually working for two different organizations, uh, one called the U.S. Cannabis Council um, and the other called Marijuana Policy Project. And so I'm going to be leading on social equity. Um, as Wanda was talking about, one of the biggest problems in the industry is that people of color really have lack of access to opportunities, despite the fact that we've been, um, you know, like you said, we talk about the problems with the criminal justice system, like. This woman sitting next to us is an anomaly, right? The fact that not more of us have an opportunity to be a part of this business that's making billions of dollars um, is, a, is a problem. And so really what my goal and my work is to do is to um, be able to help, you know, help establish to make sure that we can have social equity programs as we have cannabis programs. Like, like what Wanda and I talk about here in Colorado that has been legal since 2014. Now they're just finally coming back and setting up programs to be able to give people opportunities after they've made billions of dollars, um, right? And so you see this happening all across the country. I'm sure she could talk about how, again, how she was able to get the business because she had those political connections but the amount of capital that it takes to be in the industry, mm -hmm. all those things are different problems. Mm -hmm. And that's actually what brought me into the industry in the first place. So I was an investment advisor before. So having to, um, just being coming from a place where I understood money um, and understood business mm -hmm. made it so that, you know, I, I looked at it and I was like, for one, our people needed to have education on scales, like all those different types mm -hmm. of things to be able to have access to the opportunities just to get in the game. Um, but I haven't spent the last two years kind of in this national policy um, trade group thing. Again, you see the value of the connections, the resources, the education. So like for me, it's all about trying to bridge those gaps. Um, and again, as, we're, I guess as we are um, working to put policies in place, whether we're talking about federal legalization or we're talking about legalization at the state level to ensure that, you know, that social equity is a part of those policies. And, we're starting this. It's great that we're actually starting to see movement where places like New York, right out the bat, it was like the most progressive bills that we've seen. And so we just want to continue to do, 
you know, continue to do that type of work. And it's great when you see like certain, uh, certain media types getting upset when, when there is uh, equity stuff written into bills. <clears throat> like that's when you know you're doing something good. Is when you these right wing motherfuckers are coming in like, hey, why is it why why are black people getting? You're like, good. If it's pissing them off, that means we're doing something good and that changes. And that's a really good point too. So when people say all the time like, well, you know, there's no black owners in casinos. Why aren't we upset about that? You know, and I'm mm-hmm. like, because casinos weren't built on the back of black people going to prison. Right. And so when you look at mass incarceration in America it's really directly related to the arrest of cannabis. That's mass incarceration. Yes. And the reason for that is, is because mass incarceration equals what? Slave labor, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So like my brother who picked cotton for the cotton industry at a hundred pounds a day for four years to buy you, his freedom. You've mentioned that at least four times in this interview and yeah. every single time it makes my skin crawl. It makes no, it me does. so uncomfortable. It, it's, yeah. it makes, it, cause it's a crazy well, thing to say. it's designed to. And it's a crazy <laughs> thing to do, but the cotton industry industry is just one industry that works off of slave labor. If you buy plants from these big box stores that we all go to, those are prison um, yes. our fields. Even mm. California, they brag about it, that they've got prisoners fighting fires in California during the fire season for a dollar a day. And guess what, you guys? Damn. Guess what? Because of COVID last year, they couldn't fight the fires correctly because they had to let a lot of the inmates go. So we had one of the worst fire seasons of all time. Because <laughs> we didn't maybe, have any slave labor. Yeah, but maybe the, the way we do our fucking economy should fucking change. You, you know, mm. but so when we start to talk about, you know, slave labor and the mass incarceration system, and so why are they arresting? So when you look at the height of arrest in cannabis, 800,000 people a year, 85% of those are black and brown, mm-hmm. usually boys between the ages of 17 and 24. Perfect age for slave labor, right? Mm-hmm. They're black and brown, so their family doesn't have any money to get a decent lawyer, so they're definitely going to jail for one to 20 years, right? Yep. So we got them for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to arrest cannabis users and not meth users, because if we arrest meth users, we got to bring them in, we have to pay to detox them, they can't work for six weeks because they're, you know, shaking and detoxing. Mm-hmm. But cannabis, man, we can arrest you right now, and also, I can have you can... picking cotton by <laughs> 6 o'clock tonight. Please. You know what and I mean? Keep, You're ready, right? And they can keep getting meth in the, in the prison. My cousin went... went uh, <laughs> They can't. That's the thing. They they can. They, it's. Man. I had a cousin in in prison for. He did a bad thing. He should have went to prison. Uh, in a bad situation, but you know the, how that happens. But he has openly said that getting drugs in prison was incredibly more easy than it was outside. He was like, it's not hard to get drugs outside. That's crazy. Wow. Inside prison was. He's like, I can get anything. That's crazy. Mm. But this is why social equity. (laughs) But this is why social equity is so important. You you know what Mm. I mean? Because if we could go to prison at the rate of eighty-five percent, then we should be able to own in the industry. You know, at relatively the same. Right. And and you know, you think about it. Like I think about myself personally. Like growing up in in New Jersey. Like I've I've seen my driver abstract. Like I've been pulled over like sixty like sixty sometimes growing up. You know, like mm-hmm. driving by black, and most of the times it was always because they want to search your car mm-hmm. for weed or you know something like that. And so that has been a tool that's been used to, mm-hmm. like she said, to have our people be arrested for years. So why shouldn't we have a opportunity to participate in the industry? But now even going further than that, 
like along with legalization, it's important to make sure that the resources that are coming from this money also go back to those same communities that have been impacted, which can sometimes necessarily not only supporting owners and having programs for that, right? Like to support businesses, but also, you know, again, just fixing the communities, right? Like whether it's arts programs or or drug, you know, programs or or education schools. or or schools, schools. or yes, or schools. You know, yeah, yep. or just worst. like, or just, yep. you know, yeah, or just fixing like, you know, that's part of town up, like that it doesn't get the dollars, you know, right? Like all of those types of things. So we're, again, the money just going back to, you I know. Was corrupt about that. That's where there's legal prostitution. Yeah, I was gonna say the Bunny Ranch. <clears throat> you went to Sherry's Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> I like, like I'm that. gonna support Sherry's. It was just a podcast. <laughs> so why do I know that? <laughs> <laughs> Shit on brothels, though. Though women, we should control the sex work in the yes, sex industry, you and we should and, and we should be protecting, you know, um, the women who do that. You know, and I, I'm all about it. Yes, maybe that's the well, next thing we'll open. <laughs> the the <laughs> next industry. It's the same as cannabis, where it's like there's no reason other than some people, a select few, are making money because yeah. it protects every single person involved. Yep. Legalizing And like you said, that's the interesting thing about cannabis use that, like, why are just all the black people getting locked up for it, right? Like, growing up in high school, my my white homeboys smoked weed, too. They were the ones who was smoking with, right? The white you know guys what I'm had the good weed, though, yeah, too. Yeah, but they always, they they always did. They, did. Like, and they like, always did. What's that over there? Right, and so, like, but they never <laughs> yeah. had that problem, right, or had to worry about yeah. that. So, now that you see that it's... Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And exactly. now that you see that it's legal, right? Like, like you said, you can actually see it. I, like, and the craziest moment for me, I, my homeboy um, Shayun, I was at his grand opening for his dispensary in Massachusetts, and it was like literally like this older white grandma-looking lady. Like, she's like in the you know walker, like coming in to get some weed. You know, so it's, it's it really is interesting. You see everybody, everybody's. Um, well, in case in point, you know. DC, I was in DC for three or four years ago. Yeah, it was because Jeff Sessions. Yeah, so DC has a weird system because so cannabis is legalized for adult use, but um, they never allowed DC to actually set up a mm -hmm. system for like adult mm -hmm. use sales. Yes. So, so I call this number. 
So, so they, they call it like a gray market. It's like a little loophole. So you're allowed to get, you're allowed to possess cannabis. You're allowed to gift cannabis, but you're not allowed to sell cannabis. Okay. So it's this whole funny little thing in DC where they sell you like the sticker, what you buy for 50 bucks or a lighter and they give you, and they, and they gifted you. That's my $50 sticker. You bought a $50 sticker and they gifted you the weed. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is my fault. Yeah. But did you get it? Oh yeah. Well, and what killed me was the part she set it up. I swear she did it on purpose because it was so funny. It's like she knew who I was. Kind of. <laughs> she wanted you to be comfortable. <laughs> no, it's like she knew what kind of a smartass I was because we could see Jeff Sessions' office oh, shit. on the park. That's funny. And it's after he's going on a bad day. not and so and that's the thing people are so creative in dc like there's art galleries there's museum like a museum you know little you go in and you pay for the entry in the museum and walk in and look at the pictures and at the end they give you some butt and it's so crazy because i have friends visit all the time so dc has does have medical legal medical dispensaries um but again no adult use dispensary so i have friends come visit all the time and they're like oh yeah i went i went to the dispensary on such and such street and they'd be like no nah, there's no dispensary there but you know again there's just so many places where people can like get access to well, cannabis. I told her too, I was like, you know that's Jeff Sessions. Oh, that's right there. She goes, yeah, that's why I do it. <clears throat> she said it to her, and I was like, man, this was the coolest like drug deal I've ever because she but, was aware. But it wasn't super like she but, didn't answer me when I said is this legal. She just went like this. But think of her, like somebody like her that has been like selling cannabis traditionally, mm -hmm. why shouldn't she have the opportunity to have She's a, a business? Right? Why shouldn't she be yeah. able to I have a license, all, right? She had that street confidence where mm -hmm. like, no, we can do this in public because I, this territory, mm -hmm. like, I understand. Mm -hmm. Like, so I was just like, that's why I was like, hey, I don't care in the way. So two things on that. One is from a marketing standpoint, everybody says, you know, well, how do we, um, you know, who is the, who is the cannabis market? And I'm like, Everybody, Everybody is the cannabis yeah, market, everybody. you know, black, white, young, old, rich, poor, you know, sick, well, 
whatever you know assholes nice guys educated you know what I mean? uneducated educated, it's everybody that's what i'm saying you know who's the beer market yeah. I, I don't know you know um and so i find that really interesting that it's this huge cross sector of society uh and we still act odd about it right you know as as we go through this and then the other side is when I think about people and they start, cops start talking about drug dealers and how dangerous they are, let me ask you guys a question. Cops For everybody that you dangerous. have ever bought weed from, though, doesn't everybody, when you buy weed before it was legal, didn't you go in and smoke a joint with the weed guy? <laughs> or if he came true. to your house, didn't you invite the weed guy in? And be like, yo, man, you want to blaze one with us? You know? I, I mean, now for the cocaine dealer, you were like, let me get in, let me get out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't want to, don't even want to, no. Oh, well, they never came to the house. I mean, it was like, it was just like, I'm dealing with these folks, right? But the weed dealer, whole different vibe and just the person you want to know. And it was always, and even if you went to the weed dealer's place, that they were sitting there, probably like, you want to blaze with me? Man, like, yeah, cool. you know, okay. let's do it, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's a whole different vibe. This whole cannabis plant is a whole different thing. And the people who are connected through it, you know, it, it's not all of that thing that the cops would have you believe mm -mm. or Reefer Madness, you know, video has you believe what this is about. So. I wish it was a little bit like Reefer Madness. It'd be, cool. <laughs> It'd be a lot of fun. We can get you there, It's crazy. We can get you there. So then how did, uh, do you have... You said that you were doing finance before. Yeah. So yes. Yeah, so I was I was in finance and like so a couple of things happened. Um, so first, my dad um, he got diagnosed with fibromyalgia, um, and so they, he's on like um, like all these different types of medications that just like fuck him up, like yeah. you know, like all types of stuff. And I was like, Dad, I was like, I think you could like get some medical cannabis for this. I think it's gonna help you. So my dad's like, son, I've been smoking weed since the 60s, man. There's, there's nothing you can tell me about this. And I was like, no, I really think it can help you. You know, they got all the different yeah, yeah. stuff, the t you know, the tinctures, the bombs. And he's like, so so I tell him, I was like, you know, if you get your medical card and I'm going to get mine, I'll get it with you. So that was the first time when I really like found out about like the whole legal like cannabis industry. Like I had been around, yeah. um, you know, weed for forever. You know what I mean? And so like had gone through that experience, but then also at the same time, I read about my friend, um, Hope Wiseman. Mm -hmm. So she's the youngest black woman to own a dispensary in the country, but she in was Maryland. also an investment banker. Mm -hmm. So when I come, when I look at the industry, I'm like, okay, I'm following it. As I like, kind of was reading, studying about the industry, I was like, okay, me having that background, I could pursue it too. So I started out like wanting to start out to get a bit, like to get a business. So I had applied for licenses in Maryland, like where I live now in Jersey, where I grew up. Um, but as I got into it and I really, again, just like seeing it, um, what I got more passionate about was being able to have the opportunity to I said, just be able to make change, like not just for me, like owning a business is, is like, I think, great. But for me, I um, naturally kind of being like a networking person, like I had that skill from being in finance, right? Because like I had that skill, like as a young black guy, I had to go out and network and meet yeah. people with money. Um, and so cannabis, it was an interesting thing. Um, the way I found my way into like the world of lobbying, um, and like the politics side of it was I was, um, I went to a lobby day in Washington, um, for an organization called the Minority Cannabis Business Association. 
And um, the, like, again, it's lobbying. I had no idea, like I never did it before. And so I'm looking at the list, um, like with the person to organize. And I'm like, oh, if one of my homeboys is chief of staff for one of these congressmen, should I hit him up? And he just looks at me. He's like, what? He's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like you know, that's what we're he's like, he's like, hell yeah, that's what we're here for. Yes, so that's like networking. I, you know, yeah. yeah, so I just always had that experience of building relationships. And so, you know, having the ability to take that, um, you know, and take that scale to, um, so where I started out in the organization, I started out working, um, I was previously with um, the, one of the industry's oldest and largest trade associations. So I was in, I started out, um, you know, they were. <laughs> Wait, what's that? What's, what's, what's this that just happened? It's, it's, a, it's an inside joke with us. You know, she's, she's an OG. She's been around from the beginning for, for everywhere. So, you know, it was, I'll say it's, a, it's an organization where, um, where I have, I'll say that I did a lot of work to change and, and, and like I said, with me making the industry more diverse, right? Yeah. Um, so historically, a lot of these organizations um, historically haven't had people of color there because if you look at the barrier, those barriers to entry that exist in businesses also exist in these organizations. If you have to pay thousands of dollars for a membership then those same people that actually could benefit from them can't belong, you know, can't belong to it. Um, so what I did was I actually, to like democratize it and kind of make it less exclusive, I created a program that allowed anybody that was a social equity operator or if you were an applicant anywhere in the country to be able to get like for complimentary membership. And it, it like literally changed the face of like the whole organization. Um, how did they not think of that? Are, but how many people are employed of color though? Oh yeah, so I, my, I, when th you left, I think I'm the only- and, and When you I, left, how many people did that leave at the organization? Not, I mean, none, I was the only one. Girl. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was the only one. You are one. Yeah, I was the only, I was the only one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nah. And, but you know she but and, but she literally she has been one of my like biggest pieces of like inspiration to encourage me for real not only because like I said I want to like my, my job and goal is to make sure that we can make sure that there are more people like Wanda um, but also at the same time for me understanding like the significance of like what I've actually done and like did in the industry because I never like kind of noticed it or see it. But she's like, boy, she called me every, every time we get off the phone. I'll be hyped, ready to just go <laughs> take over the world. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. We're doing the right thing, right? We're doing the right thing. Yep. It is, I for sure got into it because I was just like, I think this is cool. I want to meet more growers because I eventually want to grow for, you know, as mm -hmm. my retirement, basically. Because mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you understand. It's a nice retirement. If you split time with just the plants, I mean, mm -hmm. indoor grows there, but when you're just in there and it's just you and the plants and there's just something, you know, we call them the shuffle truffle, they're just in there dancing, you know, <laughs> and you just kind of get to the rhythm with them and you're like, man, I just love it in here, you know? Yeah, it's just, the first thing I do is go look at my tent and like, yep. still, it's, the smell, know, man. Oh, oh. <laughs> like, ah. Yeah. There's this, he's, Also, when he, my 
Mike loves to be like, I don't understand technology when we need him to do stuff. And then I'm like, well, fucking, you built seven ecosystems inside of one building. I hear about your lack of technology. That's different. No, it's not. It's the same. It's way different than Gmail, okay? You're like, no, I cannot (laughs) work this phone. (laughs) (laughs) But it is just that, like, when he opens up that room, that smell Mm -hmm. hits me. And then I'll just see him with Instagram sometimes. And it's just the room or something. I'm like, fuck, I can just smell it. But there's something really relaxing. I don't know if it's the smell of them or whatever else, but honestly, if you're feeling really hyped or if I'm having a bad day or whatever it is, my energy just isn't right with me, and if I just go to our grow facility and I just spend some time in there and I'll do some trimming or just being in and around the plants, and, and all of a sudden it's like, and I don't know if they just you know suck all the negative energy out of you or whatever it is, but it's just, I mean, the it's, feeling is I real. It's nature. Plants talking. a whole nother conversation but no, you know we got another four hours but it's we cool. you guys are crushing it i mean the other side behind that that you take a look at though is it becomes really crazy because plants do talk to each other and we know that there's an energy and when you're starting mm-hmm. to look at you know psilocybin right now with the mushrooms yes. there's a whole network of plant talking stuff going on and perhaps that's the feeling that we get inside mm. when you're in and around those kind of things happening same with the redwoods right i mean it almost sounds like they're singing to you sometimes when you're sitting there in, in the forest right so you know what i mean it's it, it's it's kind of crazy so you start to wonder what is that connection to whatever the endocannabinoid system that we have inside <laughs> yeah. that maybe we connect to too with the plants at the same time so i don't know if that's weirdness or no um, we've talked what, about but that there's you know something definitely there no we've talked about that extent here i mean yeah. like humans are fun we build rooms like this and stuff like yeah. that but you know it's i think because our consciousness is like all right let's go here but we are of this earth we're part yep. of the ecosystem yep. we're all of it you know yep. we we're yep. like oh, i've outsmarted things but no not we're really part right? of it yeah. and we feel <laughs> <laughs> but we feel at peace mm-hmm. you know it's like a little mm-hmm. kid throwing a tantrum sometimes mm-hmm. is what humans are but then when the parents put them in their places like okay just chill out and just mm-hmm. be here when nature does that to us i think it's like oh yeah okay i'm all Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's like one of those things. See, this so. is the real hippie talk that we need to get down to when we start talking about I mean, cannabis. Right. Well, you know, talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that, for sure. It's so many people in Austin ask me go as far as Willie Nelson. Uh, Willie, son, we love Willie. Oh, he's the best. Uh, and so many 
a handful of people were the, the ones that even didn't smoke but said mm-hmm. they had a problem with it. I said, well, if it became legal, mm-hmm. would you smoke? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I, man, you're different than me. Because once I found out it was not bad for you, <clears> the legality right. of it didn't fucking bother me at all. What? Yeah, you got, and it's like on the medical side now, you you have so many people that may not have ever, and that was the uh, one thing that was like, it was interesting, my experience when I worked in the, in the dispensary was like seeing those people that it was like, I've never thought this was okay, like I never did it my whole life, and now I'm like 50, 60 years old, and I'm going to like smoke weed because of like some medical or something like that, you know, like again, just seeing people get to that awakening is is really interesting and i think especially it's important for us to have conversations and like you said break that stigma like even that's the other thing even like in our communities of color right because people have seen this do so much damage and stuff to communities people be locked up like all of that so we may feel like against it too so like 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 she talked about when she was opening up they're like oh you don't want to bring this in our bringing these drugs in our communities right and so it's it's really interesting one of the things that i like now is getting to like expand these conversations and have them in different platforms this kind of goes into the linkedin thing we were talking about but what was really dope was like over the um like actually tomorrow it's going to be in an al sharpton's um annual conference we got to have a conversation about cannabis um so you know even like those other audience like those traditional social justice networks and and people like that, you know, we're we're trying to expand the conversation there, right? Because we need, we, like, we talk about like social justice. We need that type of support to help us get this to the finish line, you know. It's, it connects. It's all the same issue, like. Very open about it. Uh, and he's like, I always liked it before I got into the police department, but you know, we can't. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, I retire next Wednesday. Like, that's my last day. I'm not. He's like, so Thursday, could you mind if I come over and we get high? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think it through. I was like, fuck yeah, man, come on over. <laughs> come on over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I was like, well, then let me finish that whole bowl. Yeah, I know. Like, you're going to turn my bowl back. That's right. I said, I want this process. And he started laughing. He's like, no, I just could never bring myself to arrest anybody for it because yep. I enjoyed it before. Yeah. And then I have another friend who was a cop that he tells no one about. He's a comedian. And if I said his name right now on this, people would be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> She liked police officers. <laughs> she loved pot. Uh. And they, she smoked weed all the time. And mm-hmm. he was like, I could never, he's like, I loved her so much. He's like, I could never arrest anybody for it. Mm-hmm. Because she every night. <laughs> he's like, I never did just because I didn't want to get drug tested and go to jail because they would yep. put us in jail. Mm-hmm. They would just fire us. Yep. And I was like, oh yeah, that's something. Like, and he was like, he's like, but I had a couple like guys. Questioned me hard for letting people go a couple times, 
and I just couldn't be. And he was like, he's like, I, that was around the time where I was like, this is, job isn't for me. But he was like, he's like, I, his opinion was like a lot of small town people, they just need a job and don't understand. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God, if we could just edge, he's like, that's, he's like, it's a lot of it, they won't, they'll stop policing it. Well, a lot of that is is, is going to happen with you know legalization. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it is, and it, it's a problem. And I sit here and pick on cops, but I mean, perhaps they let cops you know smoke cannabis instead of getting them drunk all the time. Perhaps they'd stop beating their wives. Yeah. There's yes. that. There's there's that too. You, you know, proportionately I mean? so, high rates of that. Oh, well, high rates sports. of that because of. I mean, and just, you know, chill, you know, um, mm-hmm. it, it's weird how we all feel, not we all, but how Americans or the world feel so good about, you know, alcohol. And we were sitting there with one of my friends who has kids and they're attorneys. Um, their kids know that, you know, cannabis is for grown people and everything else. Their 16 year old daughter one day came by and was like, you know, can I try it? And we're like, you know, no, absolutely not. You know, I can't even begin to do that. But how many 16-year-olds had a beer or champagne on New Year's, right? But if I were to hand my 16-year-old daughter a joint on New Year's, oh my God, you know what I mean? The world would just come down on me really hard, but they wouldn't be upset by the fact that, well, yeah, on Christmas we all get a glass of champagne. Mm-hmm. It, you know what I mean? It's so it's, it's a cultural thing. I'm, I'm Irish, so when I was a little kid, they were like, fucking drink some Guinness. Yeah, Jameson. By four by four o'clock, you just can't understand them. Those, I'm not sure what they're speaking. Well, if that's English, after that, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> about sheep or something. Yeah. But it's when I live. Yep. Also, I like the Dodgers and the Raiders, so I fit right at the club. There you go. <laughs> find my flag. Oh, yeah, I find the flag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, no, I just happened to be part Mexican, I guess. <laughs> it's such a family, because where I come from, like, the Mexican culture is very family-oriented. Mm-hmm. And it's great because we send my 11-year-old to, like, the, the hippy-dippy neighborhood school with all the actors' kids and mm-hmm. stuff. I call them like they're, they're like redneck kids. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up with, but it's just like working class kids. Mm-hmm. They're Mexican. My son, because his mom scared him about drugs and stuff because of our divorce, uh, <coughs> is like weary about certain stuff. And the Mexican, they know what my bong is. They're not phased by the smell or anything. It, and it's actually been really yep. cool for him to see that it's not. It's just part of the culture. Yep. And it's also funny because his mom. I'm over it, but it was just like I can talk about it in this not emotional way now. Where like I don't, she saw the thing and used yep. the thing. Yep. And that's another issue that makes me very angry, especially about cannabis. Yep. I mean, I had CPS. I had to come yep. deal with them and talk yep. to them about stuff. Yep. I've never talked about this on the podcast before. But thank God it was in California yep. where the CPS lady was super well versed in what was happening. Mm-hmm. And I met her with here's my 
here's my prescription, here's where I did grow it, and this is, I didn't cure it here because yep. that's where it gets dangerous, and you know, I know so much more about it that when they try to accuse you of stuff, you're like, that's not how that works. And well, and it's amazing for CPS, they'll come in and take your kids because they see a plant growing in your window, but you can have, you know, 15,000 empty bottles of vodka laying around, and that's not a problem. The kid hasn't eaten mm -hmm. and everything else, but God forbid we find a plant in your house, then you're a bad parent. California is no, California is better. Yeah, yes, because yep. I think because if you want to be honest, it's the Latin culture, mm -hmm. it's the the Mexican culture there. Well, it's all the people there, though, right? I mean, but I'm saying because everything. of that large, mm -hmm. it's okay to mm -hmm. begin with, mm -hmm. and then the cradle of cannabis culture in America's Northern California. Mm -hmm. That I think they kind of understood it as a whole. Mm -hmm. And thank God the CPS lady was a Mexican lady. So she yep. kind of, it wasn't, she was very clear. She was like this, and you know, my house is immaculate because I'm mm -hmm. 35, you know, I was 30 something years old. Mm -hmm. I'm not a, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm living my life. <laughs> uh, she was like, oh, this is, this is like a custody issue. They mm -hmm. see this a lot. And I think especially with, with cannabis yep. because it stays in your system longer yep. and all that. Yep. It's the red herring of the smokes justice. Yep. Yeah, and it's yep. it's this thing where it's like, uh, but they understood, but it it would just set my alarms off of being like they're using this across the country yep. to take kids away, mm -hmm. which is crazy, right? It <sighs> which is crazy makes me speechless, and I, it's hard for me to be speechless. Yep, that's. Yeah. So, look, but you can pop, but you can pop, but you can pop a hundred Percocets today, and your kids will just stay there fine. My dentist will make me take a hundred Percocets, <laughs> <You know? laughs> that kind of shit. Where you're like, I don't want those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, know. I know, I know, it's crazy. But it's, yeah, it's. But it's changing though. You know, we're. I think that we're on the the uh, the end portion of uh, seeing the illegalities behind cannabis. I think we'll see it federally legal in the next. 12 months to two years um, because, mm -hmm. and, and ironically, it's not gonna be because of social things or because people want it, it's gonna be because of money. Because of taxes. We can't, and taxes, mm -hmm. and we can't have money. I mean, you know, the billions and billions, Colorado did $2 billion in sales last year. God knows what California is gonna do. They so can't ignore the money. They can't ignore the money, and we can't have all of that money just floating around in arbitrary bank accounts called, you know, Joe's Pizza Delivery Account. So they've got to kind of really start to figure out what's going on, and, you know, money is what's going to make it happen, and all the politicians now, you know, during election period, how many politicians are calling me now and asking me for money? I'm like, I want to go back to that time in 2009. I'm like, didn't you guys say you were never going to talk to me again? <laughs> you know, stop calling me. You know? Oh, they're a lot like comedy, yeah, like entertainment yeah. bookers. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I don't need to deal with you. Oh, I'm fine. Oh, I'm drawing again? Hey. Yeah, exactly. Now, now you you guys, to oh, you do have my phone number. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. Oh, thank you guys so much for, this is... <sighs> Colorado's already been a dream so far. It's so it's much in, more political. Well, so. it's in a different direction because of the forefront of what you guys have done. And then I think it's just an in, interesting leap from Southern, from Humboldt and Southern Humboldt who are worried about taking care of the plant and the history and the culture of the plant and what it can do to hear where you guys are like, you understand that part of it and have taken it to putting it mainstream politically, which yep. is, 
oh, it makes me so happy. And like you're mm-hmm. talking about networking, like the whole time I'm like, oh, I'm getting both their information because for sure, man. There's after we get done recording, there's a couple things entertainment wise. Mm-hmm. I you and I can help each other out. And, and I think it. it could be really funny. Um, Let's do it. Yes. Yes. Uh, gosh, I, I don't have anything else. This is fucking. Is, is there anything you guys would like to leave for our listeners? Um, Simply Pure is the most awesome dispensary in Colorado. You should all come by and check it out. That's smart. That's Done. Smart. Simply Pure? Where is it? Where Simply is it Pure? At? So Simply Pure, this is shameless plug time. So okay. Simply That's Pure, what we're doing. so what I love about Simply Pure, so in Colorado, one of the issues that we're having, well, in Denver, one of the issues that we're having right now is the proliferation of dispensaries that are in poor black and Latino neighborhoods. As a matter of fact, historic five points where we're at right now has um, more dispensaries than any other place, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason why that happened was because in 2009, all of the dispensaries and grow facilities were zoned into poor neighborhoods where people didn't know not to complain about it, right? So except for us, we are the black-owned dispensary, one of only three black-owned dispensaries in Colorado, but we are in the rich white neighborhood on the corner. And so we take great pride in, we take great pride in diversifying our neighborhood We're going with there. a black-owned dispensary. That's so, uh, where I want to shop. Awesome. I love pissing off white people. Rich white so, people. Oh, this so is we're really, really proud to be able to di- diversify white neighborhoods with selling weed in a neighborhood. Black owned businesses. We're very proud of that. So we are in um, white folks call it low high. The Mexican call it north side. So it's um, redentified neighborhood right outside of downtown, and um, it's a great dispensary. And we're li- literally right on the corner of this amazing neighborhood that has Little Man Ice Cream a half a block away and we have like three of the top ten restaurants you know within a block around We're us going. and, there, and there are parks and all kinds of you know tequila bars and wine bars oh and a and a uh, oh man a uh, uh, kombucha uh, place right down the street so <laughs> <laughs> it's great so hit your dispensary and then hit which restaurant which one because well, we'll what do, do you want? that tonight <laughs> <laughs> what do you want they got all the good ones I mean, there's what? everything over there there's sushi kombucha so we'll just spend a few nights tacos, there I was going to say so that's the we're, you we're here be. for three more nights too. yeah so you guys want to go over to Lohi and um, and I have to laugh too because there's no COVID in Lohi, you know? Everybody walking around without their mask on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's amazing what's in rich, awesome white, in rich white neighborhoods. There's no COVID. It's great. So that's we so got crazy. weed and no COVID. Oh, it's nice. fantastic. It's a know? nice little bubble they live it's, in. It's like weed doesn't blow there. That's how Austin, Texas was last week. Exactly. Exactly. It's I, was, lovely. I walked down. I got there at night. I walked down to get some food. And I put my mask on and everything. And then. I was there for about four or five minutes, you know, down 6th, 7th <laughs> Avenue, and I was like, man, something's weird on. here. And then no, I was like, cool. oh, all the bars, are, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nope. No. Yeah, exactly. I just turned and walked around. I just walked back up to the hotel. I was like, I'm getting something delivered. This is crazy. <laughs> it's, it, exactly. I'm vaccinated, but fuck you guys. This, it's, this it's is exactly. too much. My brother, <laughs> yes. my brother and I did that a few nights ago, walking around. We're like, well, we should go here and get something to eat. I mean, places were jam-packed. And I was, I was like, you know what? Let's just order something. Yeah. <laughs> You know. mm-hmm. We we're not yeah we're not yeah. we're not there. We can there, see yeah. the light, but we're yeah. still in the tunnel. You yeah, guys. we're still in, we're still in the tunnel. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah. you guys so much. Uh, cool. where, can we, yeah. 
Yeah, what do you want to leave? Oh us man, on? well I don't have anything that cool to plug. <laughs> <laughs> I feel great. I gotta follow that up. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, nah, you know I'll just say you know follow me um, again on social Todd Diddy everywhere. But also super dope. I have a podcast called the Cannabis Diversity Report. Um, you should follow that. Check it out. Yes. It's on every platform: Apple, Spotify, Google, all of that stuff. So you know, check me out, man. Yes. Fuck yeah! Hell yeah. Everybody go mm-hmm. listen to that please yeah. please mm-hmm. that's so cool all right yeah. guys peace thank you guys peace. thank you thank See you guys later. very much so good good it's like i left i don't know i've lived inspired and motivated and we went to her dispensary and it was just so dope remember that it was really good Dude, i you fucking check. love that dispensary. we if you have any we have all all their information is available on our website and through our Twitter and in the info box below. You guys, we got the new bumper, so you'll hear how to where to follow us, and how to support us, and learn to grow weed with me and Justin uh, Lasek, and uh, on our Patreon. God, we love you guys. Yes, just grow your own. Grow your own. Legalize it. Legalize it.